This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. My name is Keen, and I can tell astrology means a lot to you. The investigation continues, and I'm James. <laughs> and welcome back to Sissy That Pod. Oh, guys, it was a tough episode this oh. week, really. We're, we're, we're discussing Snatch Game for season 14. We've got a great guest, though. Yeah, so we have Leisha Miller, who is a YouTube lawyer who demystifies the law. And I first got into her when she did a recap of Bussy Queen's video talking about the, the drag race contract. Really interesting. Bussy Queen's video is very interesting. It kind of goes into all the details. And then Leisha kind of goes in more deep dive into like the legal part of it. So it helps you really understand when like queens are being cagey about what they are or aren't saying online or when they're kind of is kind of, you know, when the, when there is those sort of like bits of drama hop up online between queens who aren't able to talk about stuff or who are like waiting for periods of time to pass by. Very interesting. Let's welcome to the podcast, Legion Miller. Legion Miller, thank you so much for joining us today to discuss Snatch Game for season 14. Before we get into that though, let's just talk about this season overall. How how has it been for you? You know, it's been really interesting. I'm new-ish, new, pretty new to the drag race game. I have only come to it in probably the last six months. So I've kind of been catching up on some seasons. Um, I came to it by way of uh, Trixie and Katya, of course, because they're the breakout superstars and I started watching their stuff on YouTube and then I just got sucked into the vortex of drag race content. Um, And so I've been watching, you know, some all-star seasons, some earlier, you know, season seven, of course, because of Trixie and Katya of the original. Um, So this is the first season I'm watching where I don't already know what happens. So that's made it a whole lot more exciting. Not that it wasn't fun before, but now it's like every week I'm kind of at the edge of my seat. So that's just been a fun new experience for me. But yeah, I think it's been an interesting season and and there's some really talented girls this season and it's been fun to kind of watch their their personalities unfold because it's so hard to tell very right at the much, beginning like very hard to it's very hard yeah. to see right at the beginning what way people are going to develop um and I yeah. do think that in the earlier seasons I think that the producers kept their hands off a bit more and they kind of let things play out and one of the frustrations I've been having with this season is that things feel like a bit overproduced that's kind of preventing me maybe from buying into just kind of being able to like switch off and watch it as if it's happening in front of me so I think that that has Mm -hmm. that sort of has taken me out of the fantasy a little bit with this season but there is so many really talented queens in it like I Willow and Bosco and Angeria are just like top tier queens Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah would be better to just see them do their own thing without kind of feeling as if they're being sort of moved around like pieces on a chessboard Yeah, those are definitely my top three that I've had my eye on as well, though. Lady Camden, I love her personality. Uh, I don't know if maybe I'm being charmed by the accent, but like she she's really been growing on me. And I'm ex- I've been excited to watch her as the, the seasons unfolded, because I think her acting chops have really set her apart yeah. in a way that you don't often see on. True, race, true. Frankly. <laughs> and that's been a treat, frankly, because some of some of the acting uh, challenges can be a yeah. challenge to watch. So with her, it's been a delight. Um, but yeah, I mean, Willow is 
my favorite if I'll just right out the gate. And I was, I mean, not to jump the gun, but this this week's episode <laughs> was such a shock for, for me, for Willow. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. But yeah, she's been so, she's the most interesting. I love, I'm a sucker for oddball yeah, queens. Absolutely. That's why I love Katya. Like it's, I love the absurdity of it. I love like I, a glamour queen. I'm always going to be impressed with because like I can't do that. And it's so amazing. But the the ones that come out of left field all the time, like Willow are the the ones that do it yeah, for completely, me. Because it there's something so magical about watching someone when you're like, I don't know how your brain took you to where you just went (laughs) yeah and she did it from the beginning with the toaster in the bathtub i was like jaw on the floor like because when she came out to enya i was like what are we doing here but she nailed it (laughs) god that feels so long ago (laughs) where do you land on the sort of the manufactured beef between daya and jasmine who do you find yourself favoring just like both of them if we're being really honest and like I feel like a lot of people always say you know the villain of the season gets a bad edit but like I will say at least the way that she's being edited Daya it's really hard to like her because I feel like she is so desperate for approval at every moment she is constantly thinking about what the other queens are doing how they're performing and why she's the victim in the situation and I find that to be such a turn off which is why I love someone like Lady Camden because she's like I don't know I'm gonna try my best this week to do as good as I've done all season and she's just very honest about it whereas Daya Betty seems like she is constantly conniving and I know that they're cutting to her face the second that she looks sideways and they probably are splicing that together um but she does also say things like well who else do you think would be at the bottom with you this week so at the the very beginning of this episode (laughs) when everyone is congratulating Georges and 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 Jasmine on the lip sync last week then to turn around and be like it wasn't that good though was it (laughs) <laughs> but you know I strong agree with that we said that last week I'm like I feel she's actually being honest that wasn't a double chante I don't know I find myself in a position where I'm a diabetic apologist in this episode it really felt that those eye rolls were from like a conversation a few episodes ago that were just wedged in here yeah. and I just think I relate because I would be pissed off by Jasmine and I am such an eye roller that I would be doing the same thing and I just kind of feel like she's she's clearly not going to win so they're and like so they don't really care if they damage her mm-hmm. reputation so they're like let's just throw her under the bus mm-hmm. that's kind of how, how i'm landing with her but it is still petulant behavior yeah and i that's i think i should be more fair to dia too because i am someone who i cannot hide what i'm thinking from what's happening on my face so i'm sure i could come across as the the bad guy in any of these seasons and jasmine is the type of person that would absolutely <laughs> rub me the wrong way like i really i don't relate as much with diabetes but like cornbread at the beginning of this season yes. is exactly how i would have reacted to someone like mm. jasmine like just like can yeah. we can we learn can we can we learn some skills <laughs> Which is effective. I, I think that like with cornbreads, like the way cornbread was was uh, was approaching the situation with Jasmine came from a, a place that didn't feel dismissive or judgmental necessarily. It felt like I'm trying to to help you grow. I'm trying to help you. Whereas with Daya, it does feel more directly just like, oh my god, yeah. get this person <laughs> out of here. <laughs> Which is certainly how I would feel because I find Jasmine is a loss yeah. in every moment. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you got a chance to see Untucked, but it kind of opens up pretty much with Deja talking about, you know, 
getting the only good critique of the episode and then Jasmine just breaks it and they all basically go it's not about you yet Jasmine we'll get to you in time <laughs> so they're all just learning how to deal with her it seems like because she's still not going home they're refusing to send her that home they shocking to- frankly <laughs> week after week <laughs> I was confused why Deja Sky started crying in the talking heads about not having one am, am I missing something no, I mean, isn't didn't um, Jasmine do that as well at some point where they both were like, I was just safe and like crying yeah. about it? I don't know. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of that on this season. That's yeah. something that I haven't know, noticed in previous seasons. This like really kind of like, if I don't get a win... Uh, like I somehow my talent is is invalidated if I don't manage to like be the one queen selected as the winner out of the eight on the stage then somehow like it me- it doesn't matter if I did really well or got great critiques and like you know last week it was a toss-up between Deja and Bosco they got the strongest like positive critiques either of them could have could have won the judges went with with, with Bosco over it and it's like, yeah, but like that, you know, must have been, it would have hurt in the moment. She lost out on $5,000. But at the same time, it's like, you got the strong positive critique. You're still in the competition. You're on an upward trajectory. Where yeah. where are the waterworks coming from? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Is it just me or are the Rue males getting more and more senile? Like they really just seem to be a sort of like a collection of words written by an algorithm. <laughs> that Rue just reads out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Not there's, there's, a, there's a yeah, it is. It's sort of a catchphrase bingo kind of uh, quality to them. Yeah, if I hadn't seen that the title of the this episode was Snatch Game, I would have been like, "What are we doing? What are we doing?" <laughs> so we move on to a mini challenge. Is sponsored by Bubbly Sparkling Water. And they did not let you forget it. They did not let you forget it. Where they have to make looks out of um, bubble wrap. And before I ask you, which is your favourite was, my question is, why was the photographer topless? (laughs) You know, I feel like anytime, there hasn't been as much of the the naked men this season as Mm -hmm. I think in past seasons. So maybe there was, it was just their opportunity to throw it in. <laughs> yeah. There, there was like in, in when Georges was up first and in the, like in their kind of bit on the, the, the bubble, the red bubble carpet, like they did a weird kind of like from below between the legs yeah. shot of the, I was like, I was like, what, what, what is this? <laughs> It was so clear. Yeah, he was not taking photos (laughs) as well. Like it was so evident. He was like looking off with like in the distance. So weird. He was not looking through the focus at all. It was just like sort of randomly snapping (laughs) photos while the camera was moving. You know, like an extra hard to play paparazzi in some kind of a a low budget um, TV show. Porn. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yes. Uh, Did any of the the spontaneously bubble wrapped looks you know turn your head? Um, Angeria's for sure. I mean, I know she always goes for the dramatic kind of shoulder moment, but it always works for her. And it, I think my jaw dropped when she came out because I was not expecting much being given just a roll of bubble wrap that she was able to create that kind of structure out of such a, a little bit of material and time that that was the one that stuck out for me. I did actually love Deja. I thought her, like, especially because, like, we've seen her consistently through the competition. She goes for these, like, um, like, 
pinks and purples and the, the sort of pastel coloured hair. So it was great to see her just in a blonde wig. And I liked the kind of 80s aesthetic that she went for with the dress. I thought it looked really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I thought it was actually that what she created for this challenge was nicer than what she made in the sewing challenge a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> or what she wore on the runway in this challenge. <laughs> yeah. Hers was one of my favourite. And I also like Diabetes sort of, you know, demented baby with the ponytail That's true, that was head. good. Uh, I quite liked that too. It kind of struck me as like something from Toy Story that's sort of been, you know, when there's like Frankenstein from all the different toys were put together. That's kind of what I was getting what I, from her. Bosco wins in a sort of Aquaria season 10 entrance look, knockoff, whatever, I guess. It didn't really mean anything. <laughs> Two and a half thousand euro from the sponsor of the competition, Public Sparkle Water, though. So yeah. that's, yeah. you know. So there you go. That's right. not too bad. Bosco's the type of queen too that like her face when she's in drag and her face when she's not in drag are two very different things and I feel like with the bubble wrap challenge when she only had half an hour it was like yes. it was a very different look for her this week yeah, yeah she challenge. was yes. <laughs> the illusion was kind of shattered <laughs> so RuPaul um and as a snatch game, excitement exudes in an almost now looking back at a dramatic a, a dramatic irony of what is what is to come. The, the calm before the storm. Uh, we get a long walkthrough because I guess they had to make up for the time from from snatch game. James, any of those conversations you'd like to to like to focus I, on? I, I'm going to 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 jump right out and say I found, so I in retrospect I found that kind of that like walkthrough bit kind of uncomfortable now because they obviously knew that next week's challenge was this lip sync arama thing. They had plans that everyone was going to be in the bottom. So it almost felt like gaslighting the way Rue was kind of bigging up all of the queens to go out there and do really well and giving them this like real positive kind of feedback on their character choices and, you know, talking about, oh, Ozzy's going to be a great choice. So this is when you know that like, obviously the, the, the plot for the episode was that, Snatch Game was going to be terrible and they were all going to be in the bottom so that they could be put up to, against each other in next week's lip stink extravaganza. So it, it, I don't know, it felt, it felt weird to me the the, just with the way the out, because it just is so absolutely not possible that they just off the like top of their heads decided, okay, we're just going to create a new episode for next week that is this thing. So I found it uncomfortable. I, I don't know, I bought that, but maybe I'm just a, I'm not versed in the production side of it. It depends. If there are, six songs by artists then I'm with you if they're six RuPaul songs maybe it's spurious I'm not sure where do you land (laughs) yeah I definitely was in the more kind of gullible side of like oh my gosh I bet they had to just come up with this at the end after that horrible snatch game and now they're gonna just have to do another episode of the show and make it go longer I definitely kind of bought that (laughs) because I mean I guess like what extra props and stuff do, would do they need? Maybe they just scrapped a challenge from next week. That could be it. I do have to say, I I did enjoy Rue. Like, if I'm if I'm taking it away from that, I actually did enjoy Rue's work walkthrough because I think he does want the queens to do well. It's a, he's obviously excited to see what character is going to bring to the show. I think that he had like a really nice chat with 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 uh, Diabetti about the kind of crystal comparison and kind of like helping her understand that maybe that's not a negative thing. And I did absolutely adore the like sequin gold suit that mm-hmm. Rue was wearing I was like I need that for an awards show if I'm ever nominated for an awards mm-hmm. you know <laughs> <laughs> I thought his advice to play Shakespeare as Joanna Lumley was actually brilliant I just thought that was yeah like I thought 
just that concept of somebody you don't know taking because i think we see with snatch game people with really big personalities someone like carly b or Gemma collins is really hard to emulate because they're so they are a caricature in and of themselves it's hard to caricature them mm-hmm. so i think taking that caricature that pre-exists and putting it onto somebody of, of whom we know nothing about is a clever way to to do a snatch game i thought that was really good advice mm-hmm. i also appreciate the openness to doing male characters for snatch game i remember back in season seven uh i think it was um Oh, Kennedy? Kennedy did Little Richard and it was brilliant and hilarious. And now it seems to be a lot more common. I mean, we had what, at least three male characters on this this episode Snatch Game. And, and I think it can be done really well because it's another way to kind of caricaturize a person by making them like the male drag queen version of yes, this person. Of themselves. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. Uh, do you want to, let's get into the performances Camden, Lady Camden was up the top left as Shakespeare I would have said if if they weren't spinning this into a bottom six episode that she was the second best like I laughed even though the edit was giving me wah, wah, wah. Yeah. I was kind of still <laughs> laughing so I would have given her second place I agree I thought she was funny I, I think that like the edit definitely dampens things and changes the way we perceive how funny they're actually being it's hard to even tell really in the moment if it's even funny if it's just been silent in the studio the entire time and they're just editing in laughs where they want them to be Um, but I thought she did a good job again I think her acting chops came out a little bit in this challenge yeah, I mean, I think like even Michelle said on the runway, like she was very theatrical. She kind of had a character in mind and she stuck with that right the way through. It was very consistent. I loved the look as well, like mm-hmm. the sort of pearly collar with the like, and like even like the the kind of, I don't know, even giving William Shakespeare a big set of tits. I was like, yeah. that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Fair enough. <laughs> but I, I, I agree with you. Like, I kind of thought that, that that performance felt like it was, you know, not a winning performance necessarily, but certainly safe. And on this panel, I would have said in, in, in the second position, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Jasmine gave us Betsy DeVos, someone who I know very little about other than by name. And I've been listening to a lot of um, Elizabeth, uh, no, Elizabeth Holmes content of which Betsy was a big financier of. Uh, But I don't really know her mannerisms and stuff like that. And I still don't after (laughs) after watching this episode. Yeah, that was an odd choice for me. I mean, she's a a loathsome character in American politics, certainly, but she's not even really relevant anymore. She's not in government anymore. And we've, you know, to a certain extent, moved on past her. So having, I don't know, it it was a stale reference for me. Yeah, and it was interesting in the walkthrough when Rue was asking Jasmine about kind of like, who, who are you planning to base this character on? Um, she said that it was going to be an amalgam of like a, a an evangelical Christian and Kellyanne Conway. And I was like, why don't you just cut out the middleman and do Kellyanne Conway? Yeah. People are much more familiar with Kellyanne Conway. And she is a, like a kind of a Sarah Palin-esque kind of like has catapulted through like SNL and all the rest totally. of it into like this very kind of memeable version of a person so just go right for that and and you've got like so many built like you know you've got so many like built-in catchphrases with the alternative facts and all of that kind of stuff you could build on um so i i i did think it was 
you know, a missed trick, maybe not to have gone directly with that. And also, yeah, I, I didn't really understand why you would pick Betsy DeVos. I know everyone hates her and, you know, but she, as you said, she's kind of not relevant anymore and doesn't really have a moment that stands out as being why you would want to kind of see her on Snatch Game. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, a bit strange. And Jiria was next. She did Tammy Brown. We were debating whether she was doing that a Tammy Brown or another Tammy Brown we didn't know of, but no, she did Tammy Brown from season one and All-Stars one. And again, I think she was probably my third favourite, if I was to be that generous. But a lot of the iconic Tammy Brown lines, like, come on, Tammy, Tommy, teleport us to Mars, we're missing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, let me tell you, my, my dad fucked Marlena Dietrich. Where was that? Like, these are like the fucking batshit non Like, she is the queen of non sequiturs, and we didn't really get that. I know. Like, even like, she had the wig on, and I think it was even the, like, from the, like, it's acting. <gasps> kind of like, where was yeah. that? <laughs> Well, I think that's what makes like a a strong snatch game too. And why Deja Sky stood out because she had that catchphrase, like she could scream at any random moment and it was funny. And, and, you know, with, she could have run with that as well with that character and really just yelled all of those really non sequitur type things. Yeah, completely because she got she had the like little like um thumb things going on um but yeah. walking children in nature she got that in i remember that yeah. was her um but like i kind of feel if you're doing tammy brown you need to do it the way katya did bjork in all stars 2 as just this crazy lady who can say anything mm-hmm. and like my nipples look like pastrami yeah. stuff, <laughs> and you just and you just accept it you know that's what that's how you need to do it now, poor Alana Glazer will be getting onto her lawyers for defamation of character after George's <laughs> depiction. And Lisa, would I know you're, you're you're not you're not her lawyer, but would you would she have a strong case for defamation based on that uh, performance? Um, unfortunately, it was so bad that I think that that George's would have a good argument that like no one would be confused as to whether or not this is Alana Glazer. <laughs> I mean, I thought she got the look down. Yeah. I thought she kind of looked like her in, in like a sort of cartoony way. Mm-hmm. But other than that, no mannerisms, nothing. Nothing. And no, again, another a- big personality that she could have run with. Yeah, completely. it was it was once I saw the look together, I really I was like, oh, yeah, no, I do recognize her. But again, like it, it was so lacking in the in the, the energy or the, the charisma mm-hmm. um, area. But also George, like I think George's would have probably been better going with Selena and leaning more into that kind of part of her, which she already exudes when mm-hmm. she's like on stage anyway. Um, but yeah, I think she did try something out of the box though. So you do have to give her mm-hmm. a certain amount of credit for that. Yeah. I was thinking Lana Glazer, I can't remember the name of her character in Broad City, but it's so physical. Yeah. Like she's always sort of moving in hands and pockets and turning around and wow and big hands and like, you know, putting her legs up on the wall and twerking. Like she's so physical. It can be really hard to do her sitting down behind a table. Right. Mm-hmm. And she yeah, didn't even yeah. pick one of her more iconic outfits, like that dog hoodie that she wore to work that one time. And it's like, this isn't a dog hoodie. <laughs> That's what I would have worn. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Willow Pill gave us Drew Barrymore and we were wondering whether we were being led a merry dance, as James said last week, into, you know, maybe Willow's going to fail. But no, she won't. But actually, the twist is, well, they all failed, effectively. (laughs) Drew, I would imagine it's hard to caricature, like caricature. Yeah. She's kind of just like a Sweet Valley Girl actor. Once you get past the, like... 
like Willow had the mannerisms, had the voice, had the look all perfectly. But I think it was a case then of like, I don't think that there was really anywhere comic to go with with Drew. And also suffered from the, the, the worst thing that you can do on Drag Race, which is failing to know uh, a RuPaul reference and not knowing mm-hmm. that RuPaul had judged alongside Drew Barrymore on some random reality show 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think instantly it was like, right, you're in the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what were you expecting? Like, what, Ru, what did you think Ru's like, correct answer was when he asked her what the sequel to E.T. was? Uh, like... E.T. phone my asshole or something like grotesque, <laughs> like do something stupid, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I-, I thought he was aiming for her to say DP. That's what I thought oh, sure. he was aiming yeah. for her to say. Exactly. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Or, I mean, I was thinking if, because Rue loves to like do a reference to death, if it had been ET2 Electric Boogaloo, then Rue would yeah. have died. 100%. <laughs> yeah, that, laughing to the bank with that one, you would be. <laughs> right, Deja Sky, our winner this week as Little John, one of the more forgettable rappers. Uh, <laughs> but all she needed was a one word catchphrase and that took her to the win. Yeah. I, I, I was hoping we'd get from the win to the wall to the sweat drops and my balls but we didn't even need that we just needed yeah yeah just over and over again it, I, I don't think I laughed once but the whole time <laughs> this is like a 2006 reference too and that's all we got that's the only that's the best we got yeah. Oh God! Like Chameleonaire or somebody like, like of that ilk, like a, a old, tired, irrelevant yeah. rapper. Yeah, and yet the winner somehow. Yeah, I know. Even if, and it, like, even if that like, as well, it's like oh, anyway. Yeah, I was gonna say even if you had had Jar Rule, at least you could like tie in that Firefest fiasco. Yeah. You know, like they even somewhat recently relevant. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, like it was it was a good week to do mediocre in Snatch Game. For Deja Sky. Yep. (laughs) Finally, oh, not finally, two more to go. Bosco was next with Gwyneth Paltrow. I was really excited for this because of the kooky shit that Gwyneth comes out with. And I thought they started well with the joke about Droop, but I think it was kind of too overthought. Like, I think the. The answer should have came first before the prop rather than base all their answers around a prop. Mm-hmm. I just, it didn't feel in the moment. It felt mm. very rehearsed. Mm-hmm. I recently watched Gwyneth Paltrow's Architectural Digest home walking tour. And I feel like even in that video, there's enough fodder to use for common, like for some sort of comedy playing up just the California, the, the like I am the savior of people through my natural products. I will like solve all your problems, even though I'm a multimillionaire living in this beautiful house and I have a literal spa in, she has a literal spa in her basement. It looks like a Turkish, it's like sprawling, (laughs) tiled, like that's fucking funny. There is so much you can run with there that I feel like it fell flat. Even like calling her child Apple, the conscious uncoupling that, you know, she coined a phrase (laughs) for the decades. There was none of that. Like she's been kooky since Mm -hmm. Shakespeare in love. Yeah, it was, I think that from what I could tell, Bosco obviously had 
decided on these particular jokes that were going to be relevant to these props and just was going to wedge them in whether or not. And I think that constricted the ability to to like play into some of the absolute over the top ridiculousness of of Gwyneth Paltrow. And also, I think like Bosco's voice is quite like is like I I was more maybe if if I would see Bosco's voice and energy doing like Sandra Bernhardt quite well, like it's that kind of like harshness or something. Mm-hmm. Whereas Gwyneth, in my mind, is just real flowy. Kind of like alien Mr. Burns and the Simpsons. Like, just like, hmm? Yes. <laughs> so Will, Willow would have been better at Gwyneth Paltrow yes. than Bosco, mm-hmm. I think. Yes, I think definitely. Because even the way Gwyneth can't remember which of the Marvel movies she's been in, you know, <laughs> she's like, was I in Iron Man 3? Like, that could have been a whole joke in and of itself. <laughs> Finally, that brings us to Diabetti and Ozzy Osbourne. And I think this had, I think this had all... All the things it needed to do well, it just wasn't hit out of the park. And obviously she was struggling if she was copying other people's answers. Mm-hmm. I feel like she hadn't even watched any of the Osborne's reality show. Oh for my God, homework. I thought exactly that. Because I was like, yeah. There was nothing that she was serving that screamed Ozzy Osbourne. Even like Carson Cressley pointed that out. There were so many things, again, that she could have stood up and started screaming in the middle of everything. And it would have been hilarious and chaotic. And we got nothing. I know it was like yeah, standing up and screaming Sharon Sharon yeah, easy. Or like, and like tons and tons of like little bags of dog shit everywhere like I mean it, <laughs> you know like it would have it, it had yeah it had all the component parts to be brilliant but as it just felt like this was a, a snatch game version of Ozzy Osbourne from like the 90s before the Osbournes mm-hmm. had like actually given him his caricature vibe yeah 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 it, it could have been any Annie Rocker, really. It actually wasn't distinct to Ozzy Osbourne, mm-hmm. where he actually has such a defined personality. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was Snatch Game. Afterwards, I had to sort of pinch myself to be like, why are we talking about fungus? What has yeah. gone wrong here? Has this show just been hijacked <laughs> by Russia? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> I mean, of all the mirror moments that we've ever had, the, like, people getting shot, the, you know, parents abandoning children, the it, it was just, like, to go in... Because, I mean, an element of it, obviously, was that Willow has had used kind of mushrooms as part of, like, therapeutics as, as through, like, treatment for, for her, her condition. But then also, like, just to take that hard left into... But also, aside from that, mushrooms are really cool. Like, yeah. you know, just, you know... <laughs> Like, you know, they're really interesting. Here's uh-huh. my five yeah. top facts about mushrooms. Uh-huh. So I'm going to just shove it into this holy yeah. runway theme. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. And I just kind of feel it's like, this is what happens when you don't send people home. People run out of things to talk about. <laughs> and we get an extended segment on fungus. Uh-huh. We don't want. <laughs> but let's take it to the runway. Holy Couture was the category. Deja Sky is up first. She gives us that Joan Jett of Ark, Zendaya at the Met Gala. This was a big old for me. Mm. This didn't fit. It just looked messy. The wig looked in her face. It looked like this was quick drag almost to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. I liked the idea once she explained it to me. I was like, oh, Joan of Arc, okay, cool concept. But yeah, the execution didn't didn't speak to me. 
Yeah, I I feel like I, I'm I'm really warming to Deja over the last couple of weeks. Really, like she has like kind of come out of the background, and and I I'm I'm really enjoying her in the competition. I'm enjoying her talking heads, but her runway looks continue to to maybe not hit the mark. And I wonder if it's that because she decided she was going to make all of her own costumes for the show, so. In that small window of time, she was trying to make whatever, 28 different outfits. And like, none of them are finished to like a a really expert standard. And maybe she would have been better like, because this just looked like this looked like it could have been made for the bubble wrap challenge, you know? Mm -hmm. Or Halloween costumey. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't great. Uh, Jasmine was next. She gave us that two tone black and white dress with the big sort of circular headpiece which revealed then into a sort of feathery tutu-esque um dress i don't know Lija, how you feel about horoscopes i'm not a big fan but when some if someone ever said to me i can tell astrology means a lot to you i would take that as one of the biggest character assassinations I've ever <laughs> <had in my> life. <laughs> look i love astrology but i wouldn't say it's like a part well i was gonna say i wouldn't say it's a part of my personality i do bring it up in like almost every one of my youtube videos i guess because i do think it's a funny thing i also just think it's funny to be a lawyer talking about astrology it really pisses people off but i loved the i loved the dress i thought it was great it's probably because i do kind of like the astrology aesthetic i liked the the stars i loved the headpiece i didn't even really need the reveal i i loved the, the original piece as it was but i liked the look a lot I, I, I did too. Um, and I mean, you could tell that astrology meant a lot to her. So that was, that was <laughs> nice. But I, I actually preferred the, the, like the, the more columny dress with the mm-hmm. two-tone on it. I loved the headpiece and the mm-hmm. silver and the gold and it playing into the Libra thing. Like I thought, I, I thought it was, it was clever. It had a point of view. It looked really good. And she could have saved that other like underdress for a different runway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I actually think like the last two weeks, Jasmine's been the best she's seen on the runway. So it kind of makes you feel like if you had done by that, she got some some of the duds in her wardrobe up first. Um, mm-hmm. But I still look at her and I'm like, you should be gone mm-hmm. at this point. <laughs> Angeria, possibly one of my favorite looks on the runway, gave us the Pentecostal church lady look. It was so well characterized. You know, I loved it from the start to the finish. It was actually what I was expecting when I saw this challenge was more of the kind of church lady vibe, but I I liked that. I think she also played well into what she knew was Rue's background and what she would respond to well. And yeah, I think she, she did really well. No, completely like she, and that's like, again, clever because you always want to be sort of playing to what you know Rue is going to Mm -hmm. want to give you. And obviously this is a woman that Angeria has interacted with and has known all of her life. Mm -hmm. So she was able to bring all of that into into it. And I just, it was really pretty. Look, we've had two quite out of the box looks from Angeria the last couple of weeks where like there's like the hound's tooth kind of suit thingy. And it was nice to see her back in what I think is more naturally her wheelhouse, which is just like pageant glam. Mm Mm-hmm. Though I did, I did appreciate seeing the the new different looks. I loved that weird wig, the the blonde, almost Sia like wig yes. that she wore. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love that. <laughs> it, but it, it's yeah, she definitely seems at home in something like she wore this week. Yeah, and I think that like she's a good example of like this. You know, this look wasn't turning heads. It wasn't high fashion. It was. It was characterized, which which sells it. You know, if you're not going to have like this, you know, really expensive costume, then you just need to put a character to it and it works just as well. Mm-hmm. So I think she's great at that. Willow, of course, gave us her bleeding tooth fungus look. It gave me Toad from Mario. That's what I saw when I saw <laughs> oh, it. On the wedding day. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and I th- kept thinking the red blotches were strawberries, and I had to keep reminding myself that they're what spores. Yeah. I don't know. Didn't work for me. I thought it was a really cool idea, and I did kind of like it. Just so weird, and it's kind of what you've come to expect from from Willow. Um, but I, I, I just was really confused, and I know like people don't always stick necessarily to what the runway theme is, and they can kind of go off on like different tangents. And I, you know, we had like worshiping at the 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 church of weeds at the 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 church of mushrooms at the church of the spice girls people were kind of bringing it all different places i think i would have preferred more kind of heavenly bodies met gala style yeah, looks same. that would have been my my preference or like you know i have a pun on the word holy where that has holes in it and go as like a swiss cheese <laughs> I don't know, but I, that would also work for me but i don't know not fungus. Um, now, in the same way, you know, in, in early seasons, BBs at Harbonnet could take off a wig during a lip sync and not reveal a wig under it. And that was kind of like a classic old school drag trick. And then Roxy Andrews kind of ruined it. And now it's kind of understood that if you're going to take off your wig, you better have another wig under it. I kind of feel if you're going to fall on the runway now, you better get up in another character or else you are in the bottom. Because when Daya fell, we're all like, oh, here we go. Who's she going to be? Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, because when Lady Camden fell, my I gasped, and I rarely am that animated when I'm watching TV. I gasped, and then when she stood back up, I gasped again, and that was what I want from reality TV. But yeah, Diabetes fault. Not only did she fall, and I didn't even gasp, and maybe it's because it already happened once this season. <laughs> I didn't even gasp, but then I was horrified because then she just stood up, and then. It, that was it and it was just kind of painful to see because I, I had like the the actual sort of i don't know frankenstein together wedding dresses like it, it lo- that looked like a tearaway reveal thing yeah. so i did sort of think that that was going to be pulled off and there's going to be something else underneath it because like the, the whole even like the wig felt like it would reveal into another the, the whole thing felt like it was going to be a reveal but then it wasn't the only thing that gagged me was when they did the slow-mo of like the twisting of the ankles going over i was like <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> And Joe, maybe it's to her benefit because what she was wearing was awful. Like one of the worst things I've seen her in. And but like you're just distracted by the fact that she fell uh. and that she doesn't seem to be that injured. I'm not sure. Um, she doesn't talk about. Be- I thought I was wondering whether she talked about being injured and untucked. We don't seem to get any of that. So I guess she's lucky to be okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. those are some major heels to twist an ankle in. Yeah, they really absolutely. wear. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it broke the Kennedy Davenport rule of not wearing black stockings and, and white shoes. So you know, <laughs> she was asking for uh-huh. it. <laughs> I think Georges looks fantastic this week in her sort of emerald Pope hat with a big old spliff worshipping the devil's lettuce. Uh, green is a really great color for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I honestly, when I was watching her, I wanted something like that from Willow, where it was still very much playing into the holy aspect because she had the Pope hat on. Yeah. Um, so we got the holy thing and then worshipping the devil's lettuce. Like I got the drugs combined with the the holiness yes. a lot more from George's outfit than I did from Willow's. And I agree. I think the silhouette was great. And the giant blunt was, I think uh, it might've been Rue. One of the judges said that it could have been even bigger and campier, which I agree, but it was still a great idea. And I liked it. No, I, I agree. I, I do wish that like, you know, you need to rhinestone that blunt, George, if you bring it down the wrong way. But but no, I I I loved kind of how the 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 I suppose the idea or the concept behind the thing that she was worshipping 
was then tra- like was put through the the view of kind of like traditional religious kind of iconography and i i thought that was a i think that would have been be- would have benefited other people's looks as well mm-hmm. to, to have gone more that direction definitely uh camden was worshiping at the church of girl power so she had the hair of baby the clothes of scary the flag of ginger the kick of sporty and the attitude of posh did this work for you not for me (laughs) 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 i just didn't it's i want more from lady camden and i i it just wasn't it felt like she was kind of forcing her Spice Girls love into whatever runway kind of made sense. But I think that this this topic, this theme for the runway had so many possibilities and this wouldn't have been the way I would have taken it. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like this would be a really fun outfit to see Lady Camden lip sync in. Yeah. Um, to wanna be, you know, say you'll be there, um, spice up your life, whichever she wanted to choose herself. But as a runway look, it was very basic. Mm-hmm. And it felt it felt extremely like Halloween costumey. Mm-hmm. I think she could have got rid of the cape. I think the cape actually kinda made it worse. Mm-hmm. I said the way she was sort of wishing it around the place. I didn't really mind it, but I, I don't particularly love Camden's aesthetic at times I find it a bit trinkety like I kind of feel she has a lot of things on they all look kind of cheap and they kind of just sort of sort of shimmer in a sort of like just kind of brings the overall aesthetic down I kind of find mm. I think this suffered from that as well uh, finally Bosco gave us our the bondage nun the first habit reveal in Drag Race history apparently it reminded me of a movie I saw at the Dublin Film Festival about a renaissance era lesbian nun which is a true story mm-hmm. so it was kind of relevant to things going on in my life <laughs> uh, but I'm beginning to see a pattern in Bosco's runway it, there's a lot of relying on that body and sort of bondage gear just sort of jazzed up into mm-hmm. the category mm-hmm. yeah Definitely, there's like you know she leans heavily into her skinny privilege, um. But I, and yeah, it's kind of just a bit dull. Like I think if we hadn't seen basically a a slightly different version of this outfit last week, it would have felt like oh my god, amazing. But if we're seeing just like brand panties with some kind of adornment each week, it just gets boring. Even if they are done expertly with amazing detailing and really interesting kind of elements they still get overall look a bit dull yeah i i liked the the hoof foot i think that was kind of an unexpected (laughs) element there um and i think it kept with the theme in a way that the other girls didn't for me but still did it in a very drag race-y campy way so for me it really worked but i totally see the kind of repetitiveness of it and definitely the reliance on on her body i think diabetti even made a comment like that but it was about of course uh jasmine about <laughs> just like <laughs> but she could wear anything she's so skinny and i'm just blah 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 which you know okay i mean I mean, Daya looks pretty, pretty spelt herself. Right? You know, I didn't really get where it was coming from. <laughs> no, no. She has the one greatest gift of a drag queen can have as well, as as told by Michelle Visage. She's tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so we get on to the critiques. You know, Michelle establishes a fun little the investigation continues thing as they basically just read them all to filth. Do you think anybody didn't deserve... To, do you think that anyone else... Uh, should have been safe along with Deja or do you think they all deserved to be doing this big lip sync smackdown? I mean, I think it makes for good TV that they're all doing it. Um, but like we said, I feel like Lady Camden 
well, now I'm thinking about a runway look. I don't, I think they all deserved it. Keep them, keep them, make them all sing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm curious because there's going to be seven. I'm not sure how they're going to pair up the lip syncs. Yeah. Or is it just going to, and also are we going to just sit and watch lip sync after lip sync after lip sync for an hour next week? Is that what's happening? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that that's the way it'll be. Um, yeah. I was thinking that there'll obviously have to be a three-way lip sync in, 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 in some in some regard or maybe Deja will be forced to pair them up that could be her punishment for winning this week mm. um but yeah no as as I am I hope that there's good songs and that there's a mix of kind of like high tempo ones that we can get some death drops and some blams into as well as some like good emotional ones and it isn't just like you know five RuPaul songs in a row <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Could be for. <laughs> and also imagine imagine we sit down for an hour next week and we watch the Queens performed five RuPaul songs and then one queen gets sent home and they open that old chocolate bar and they get the golden ticket. <laughs> and we're just like, what the fuck was this all about? <laughs> I wanted to ask you, Lija, about the about this golden ticket. So there's, you know, conversations about the riggery that's going on on, you know, that this ticket will be given to the producers by somebody who that they want to stay in. And I'm just wondering, you know, from your law point of view, is there anything legal or unethical about, you know, opening up something that's signed and sliding in a golden chocolate bar where it should have been plastic? Or do you think they've all signed that away in their contract? Oh, I'm certain they've signed that all the way in their contracts. Like, (laughs) I've read the contract, at least, yeah, for the US version from, I think, a season or two ago. And I'm sure it's very similar still, but... Yeah, I mean, they. it's kind of understood both by the performers and by the viewers that reality TV is only so much reality and the rest is produced. And I, I think that they're, they kind of have a lot of leeway with, with stuff like that, as we've seen in like most reality TV. Mm, yeah. yeah. No, I was, I was watching a YouTube video uh, on it and they think that the the way that they did it was that all the all the bars that people signed were chocolate, and then they're going to wait until they want someone to say, and then they're going to take their chart bar, they're going to swap it with the gold one, and like give it back to them. And even this person like broke down how the chocolate bar was packaged so that it was really easily resealable again. Uh-huh. So the queens don't have the chocolate bar with them because Angeria was asked on stage at Roscoe's one night, and she said she couldn't answer whether she had it with her or not, so they don't have them with them. So they're backstage. It's the same packaging. They'll slide in the gold bar and they'll give it to them. So, Well, look, you know, <laughs> if there's one thing this season needs, it's more weeks where queens don't go home. <laughs> <laughs> but, Joe, you know, I actually was really annoyed that no one went home this week because I kind of feel like, obviously, I love Drag Race. One of my favorite shows. Drag Race fatigue is, is real. People are, are kind of finding it tough with all the different franchises. And it kind of just feels that they're purposely just dragging this out and pissing people off on purpose. And I just, ultimately, I just think it's going to make more people turn off the show, lead to its unpopularness, and then leave me without my favorite show. So I found myself annoyed. Mm. Mm. I, I I sort of, I, I think like you you want, like there's a payoff in seeing, as, as like gut-wrenching or as sad as it can be to see a queen that maybe you like or that like you've got an attachment to go home. There, there is still a payoff at the end of an episode of like having that kind of, the lip sync and then the sort of the tearful goodbye and I think because we haven't had that now in like three weeks and you're coming up it just all feels very sort of um 
Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to start seeing seeing them pack up their workstations and heading on home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to imagine after 14 seasons, just like in any sort of content creation, you're constantly thinking about like, how do I keep people interested and how do I make people come back for more? And so, I mean, we've seen it time and again over the course of the franchise, of like trying different things to like really get people's jaws on the ground or whatever. And I think maybe this season they're just trying to stretch it out longer or really shock us with the number of times queens don't go home. <laughs> seems like they're trying something new, but I don't know that it's going to stick after this season. No. Do you, no. Do, do, do you, I mean, I don't know why you'd have any more info on how TV works to me, but do you think there's it's something that like they have promised 16 episodes, so they have to give 16 episodes. So they really have to drag it out. No idea. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It, it all feels a bit next strange. next year's cast announcement. They'll just be fifty two queens. It'll just <laughs> it'll just go for the whole year. Yeah. Well, that would require them to take one queen out every week, which doesn't. No, seem no, no, at, least, at least then you'd know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who who's going to win at the end of this when it comes to July. Who's going to be the winner? Oh <laughs> uh, God! I mean, so. Angeria stands out because she's so glamorous and can do the glamour queen thing. She can also do comedy. She has also shown us the last few weeks that she can do the more absurd type costumes. Um, So for me, she definitely stands out as someone who's multifaceted enough to make it to the top. I also love Willow because, I mean, even though this week she had a rough week, she's been just like consistently great and unexpected and weird um so those are the two that i'm kind of thinking about but i think for me it's willow for sure Mm -hmm. yeah willow's definitely the one who passes my whose show would i buy a ticket to test Mm -hmm. the one who i'm like i would want to see the sort of show you would create Mm -hmm. yes Um, and not that many have passed that so far in episode 10 Um, Lija, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, tell people about all the wonderful debunking of the drag race contract and stuff that you do over on your YouTube page. Yeah, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, my I, my goal is to demystify the law and how it affects people's everyday lives because I think legal education is really inaccessible. So I teach the law, but in a way that would actually be interesting and fun to watch. So I comment on, yeah, the drag race contract. I comment on Trixie and Katya's show, uh, where they sometimes delve into legal topics. Um, And then I go into pop culture, you know, the Cardi B defamation lawsuit, all sorts of different um, areas where the law touches in a way that um, you might not expect. And I use it to kind of divulge a little bit more legal education but do it in an entertaining way because there are a lot of lawyers making content that is i wouldn't even watch because it's so boring and so i was like okay how can i make this fun and that's the goal nice i finished euphoria season two today so i was watching your your debunk of that yes. and, and all the shenanigans because i mean there was a lot of questions that i was like have we just dropped them did the police not care about right. that Quick question, James. Who went home before Kerry Colby? Madimorphosis? Yeah. It's a challenge, though. Yeah, because it's about a year ago now, isn't it? Yeah, it's (laughs) so long ago. 
if, if I, ho- I hope they're watching this and they're looking at the audience reaction and they're like they change it up for season 15 like i we when we were chatting kind of pre-recording we were sort of talking a little bit about kind of like what our like what our kind of suggestions would be and i said that my preference would be if they're going to keep snatch game in that they do it right at the top that if they're doing this this double opening thing now where you have eight queens coming in each week two weeks of snatch game get it out of the way in and out that's it that's the gag done and then we're past it and can just move straight on then we get to see everyone's snatch game character I, I, I would like to do that. I would like to see it done that way, I think. If they're going to do it or get rid of it entirely. Because I even joked about this last week about how neither of us wanted to see a George's or a Jasmine Kennedy Snatch Game. Yeah. Turns out I was right. Yeah. We also didn't want to see they a Bosca Snatch Game or a Willow Snatch Game <laughs> or a Dia Snatch Game. You... Uh, for clarification, when I was listening to the edit of last week's episode, you said if uh, Willow loses Snatch Game and gets the golden ticket, you have to quit this step pod. So if that didn't happen, so you're safe as my co-host for another year. <laughs> that is it. That is it. Yeah. I- <laughs> Speaking of season 15, though, I was thinking as a commemoration for the 15 years of the show, I would love, and I, this is not going to happen, but I would love if they just did a sort of early outs season, bring queens back who left pre-snatch game, and rather than all-stars rules, just have the plain old rules again, bring them back. Let's just, you know, second time around, commemorative season. I'd like that. I mean, like, what was that? That we are the the forgettable one-term presidents <laughs> play that they had in The Simpsons one time. But um, no, I, I would be up for that. I, do, I have heard rumours going around that there is going to be an early outs or kind of like a, you know a first all-stars at some point and i'd be definitely interested to see what whatever they bring but i don't know like i feel like whatever way they change up the snatch game sort of format it hasn't really worked i think that and i think that the reason that i think that the reason for that is that snatch game depends on how on the queen at the end of the day of the queens having a very particular skill set and that particularly as we move now more into an era where aesthetics are kind of the the big kind of part of why people get into drag um you, you know humor is something what lost or has been sort of somewhat lost or, or put into a more secondary position and i just think that queens aren't coming along that have that that sort of power to create these characters like you're not getting people like ben de la creme or or uh, bianca del rio yeah and, and I, know, I know you think the cast is very strong and the queens go at all to say the cast is very strong I have to say I don't particularly think the cast this season has been very strong I think as the seasons have progressed we either they're running out of options or they're choosing to cast younger and younger queens with less of a story to tell and I find myself a lot more intrigued in meeting the queens from the international franchises because I kind of feel I'm getting the culture of the country through the drag and I just kind of feel it's a bit stale from the US side are you saying that Drag Race US has entered its flop era <laughs> see the gays love a flop era um, they do yeah absolutely I think they, 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 this, so is this, the, this is the sellout era so this is this is our art pop is it yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's all from us this week uh, we will be back next week with the next episode of this godforsaken series and <laughs> the workroom will be back not this week the week after and we'll be putting in our our dream lineup for Canada versus the world the next iteration of that of that global all-stars before we kick off covering Drag Race España season 2 which I'm excited about me too
Uh, until then, have a lovely week. Head over to Instagram and follow us at Sissy That Pod. Check out our reels, check out our artwork, check out our stories. Let us know your thoughts on the episode, and we'll chat to you next week. See you. Love you. Bye. Bye. This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.